All right. All right. We are live. The 187th episode of the Mina's House podcast. Uh, normally we do it once a week, but I feel like we're kind of speeding up this week because we have an amazing guest that is joining us on the pod. I mean, to say what, of course. Uh, I'm Shayna Booker. <laughs> hey, Garnett. Shayna. <laughs> I'm Garnett Briscoe. <laughs> Uh, gee, you missed our last podcast. What happened to you, man? We thought something had happened to you. There was a lot going on. We, you know, we changed our schedule. So I'm just assuming that we was recording once a week and it was today. So, yeah, I accidentally missed that. I didn't check my email that day because I just knew that, you know, I, uh, that we wasn't recording on Tuesday night. So I just knew it for some reason. So <laughs> yeah, I was wrong, but now I'm here. I, I didn't think I'd be able to make the day, but uh yeah i'm here happy to be here yeah i'm happy you could join us uh we were talking about your comedy show and had you had like this incredible comedy show with talent who's a friend to me and i'm he's actually going to join the podcast in some upcoming episodes but you know talent is an incredible comedian super funny he was a headliner on your show and it was such a great show congratulations you know, I appreciate that. I was so happy to have you all in the building. We got to get Dex out, though, man. Dex Stucky, you, you got to get out a little more, man. But I was happy that, you know, y'all enjoyed yourselves. I had a lot of friends and family there. Uh, the people at Vera were pretty dope. The food was good. The drinks were great. All of the comedians were amazing. Um, that was my first time getting a chance, with, uh, getting a chance to work with uh, some of them. And, you know, they all were super cool. Uh, they all killed the stage. So, it was hot as hell that day, but we made it. <laughs> we made it through. But I didn't uh, post any pictures because I'm literally sweating in every picture. I look disgusting. <laughs> y'all should have moved under the tent. I don't know why y'all was like chilling where y'all showed in the VIP section. Y'all should have went over there, like right under the tent, got out of the sun a little bit, but that probably helped y'all with some alcohol. Them kinks was, uh, them drinks was probably kicking in a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. I was tore up. <laughs> I went to a barbecue uh, after that for uh, uh, D one of DMX's baby moms. Her name is Pebbles. Uh, I went to her birthday barbecue and I was tore up and I was like, I didn't even drink a lot. I drank the Hennessy bucket. It's called okay. it's it's called you, me and Hennessy. So I drank a Hennessy bucket, which I've drank before and it never had me feeling like super tore up and crazy. But then when I was at the barbecue afterwards, I was like, yo, I got to go home to sleep. I was. I was tore up, seriously. Yeah, that, that day was definitely draining. Well worth it, but yeah, the the kicks, uh, the, the drinks ended up uh, kicking up on me a little later. I was knocked out by like 7, 7.30. I was completely done. Garnett, so with the comedy thing, because, you know, people who have been listening to the podcast for a long time have kind of seen like kind of like, you know, the, the different waves happening in your life, right? So... They've seen that, you know, you were trying to be a comedian and you are you successfully became a comedian. But now you're transitioning more into doing like um, actually we'll get to this conversation in a bit because our guest is joining us. Uh, so our guest today is Tracy McMillan. She is connecting right now. She is a relationship coach and relationship expert, and she has the best hair ever. Oh my gosh, today it's a nightmare of humidity. Uh, hi, Tracy. How are you? My name is Mina. I'm Say great. what? Hello. How are you? I'm good. Hi. Nice. Pleasure to meet you. I love what you did with the place. Your hair is looking beautiful. Your skin is glowing. Look at you today. Just, just looking marvelous. If you only knew. 
Tracy, so I feel like you are right on time in my life, Tracy, because you're okay. a relationship expert, you're a relationship co a coach. My life, my personal dating life is in a shambles, Tracy. Uh -oh. I feel like God sent you to me to deliver something. I don't know what it is yet, but to deliver something to us. Let's do it. What seems to be the issue? Do oh, wow. Soon or do you stay too long? Okay. It's a combination of both. It's a combination of, you know, so I watched one of your Ted talks and it was like, you know, you were talking about how you were married three times and divorced three times. And you realized that you were looking for the wrong things in your marriage that you actually yeah. need to marry yourself. So I think I'm married to myself, Tracy. I think I have that down packed, right? Like I love myself. I love my life. I love my house. I love my career. Sometimes I feel like people that come into my life bring a lot of drama and craziness. Right. So I run from that. So I'm the girl. I'm sometimes I can cut people off too quick. Right. So I'm like, you're a lot. There's a lot going on over here. You're bringing a lot of negativity. You got me feeling sad or, you know, um, un undervalued or unloved. So I'm out. Bye. So mm. there's that. But then on the other side of that, there's the people that I actually end up connecting with long term. I feel like a lot of them are emotionally unavailable. Right. So when I'm ready to give the love and compromise certain things in my life, it's like they're not meeting me halfway. And I end up feeling like I'm giving too much that I'm getting back. Okay. And I'm starting well, to think that this is a, a me problem and not a them problem. It is, it is. because here's what I'm going to say. You're bonding to the people who are unavailable. And when the people are available, you're the unavailable one. And then they get really like, when you talk about drama and a lot, what I hear is anxiety. They have anxiety about the relationship with you. So they're doing a lot of pursuing and like checking in, like, are you, uh, they're like the ones who are the insecure ones. I think that people tend to play best actress in one relationship, then go and play best supporting actress in the next relationship. And it's like, you, what you want to do is get off the whole merry-go-round of insecure relationships and learn how to have a secure relationship. Because the it doesn't matter which side you're on, you're what you're telling me is that all your relationships are insecure for one of the people. Mm. So, yeah. Damn, girl. So how do you feel, like, how do you even attract the secure relationship? How yeah, you, you got to be that person. So that means when you're in a relationship with somebody who's available, you're not doing the unavailable thing. Right. So I can imagine that when you're with an available person, you're either bored or engulfed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, ha I have felt the boredom a couple of times. Yeah. And, and so you have to learn how to tolerate the intimacy. That's just how the fear of intimacy gets all sneaky. It's like the, the um, spinach and the brownies. It's like, I know it looks like I'm a brownie, but really I'm your fear of intimacy, getting you out of these relationships with people who are actually available. Mm -hmm. In fact, I learned to go, if I'm, if I'm having this feeling of ho-hum, he must be available. I, I started going the other direction. I'm like, oh, I can do this like I'm, like, uh, it's forensic, you know, like I'm the insurance person who says, hey, they must have put the brakes on if the skid mark is 50 feet long. They put the brake, they were going this fast. Yeah. So you can kind of reverse engineer what's going on in your relationships. And what it, what I would say to you is you're going to need to be able to tolerate more closeness. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we fixed it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, so go ahead, Garnett. Let her psychoanalyze you now, Garnett. Go ahead. Yeah, Garnett, what's going on with you? I was about to give you just a little rundown myself. I'm somebody, you know, I, I, I my background isn't uh, pretty, you know, isn't clean at all. I come from a domestic violence household. Mm -hmm. um, my mom at eight, so I know I have some, like, traumatic effects from that. I uh, just wanted You're to- You're ahead of the game just knowing that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to, you know, uh, it, it, you know, I, I can't look at myself as like just being perfect. And I know I do come with, you know, quote unquote, like some baggages or some things that, you know- We all do. Aren't quote unquote normal, right? So I just wanted to ask like, what are some of the, I guess, like effects of the childhood trauma that could- Yeah. And, and I want to say, this is what we do on the show in particular, because you've got these couples and they have issues and you've got these families and they have issues, but all the issues in the couple basically started in the family. So it's like, what we tend to do is recreate the tone of our, of our childhood household. We might not create the, recreate the details, you know, like they might've looked this way or might've been an extrovert or introvert or have, you know, uh, this type of personality, everything could be different, but the tone is what we will recreate, right? And when, we, when I say tone, I mean, I'm gonna feel the way I felt when I was a kid that has been unresolved. So if I've resolved it, I don't usually keep recreating it. But if I haven't resolved it, I create it in my adult relationships. And so that's part of what makes the show so powerful is that we get the the cause, which is the family, with the effect, which is the couple. And then the two things get an interface and we get to see what belongs to the couple, what belongs to the family, and then have feelings. So I would say like, we all have things that are unresolved from childhood because no human being is perfect, which means no mom is perfect, no dad is perfect, and that's fine. We're not trying to do perfection. We're just trying to deal with the things so we don't just keep recreating the same thing over and over or have insecure relationships one after another. I used to say I was that if I kept going the way I was, I was going to be lying on my deathbed holding the hand of my new boyfriend, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I have just enough game to keep going, right? But I was just going to keep going one after the other. And, you know, I'm still in the process of working it out, which is why I feel like I'm kind of a unique sort of relationship coach, because I'm not the person who has it figured all, you know, all figured out who's been married for 30 years. I'm just like everybody else out here trying to work it out. Right. Little so, by little, I'm getting better. So this show is on own. It's called Family or Fiance, and it actually returns this Saturday. Yeah. So this is a very common problem. You know, the show yeah. is about resolving conflict w between the person that you love and, you know, your family. And I myself have been in si similar situations where I just didn't get along with the husband of so-and-so because he did something that hurt her and now I hate yeah. you. You very know, like, how do you deal th with this? How do you resolve conflict between your significant other and your family? Well, in the one hand, you can't really resolve it. Like nobody has the power to wave a magic wand and make the conflict go away. Basically, people have to shift their inner perspective so they see something bigger, right? Like, um, I mean, if somebody's abusive or hurting you or cheating on you, why would your families ever get on board with that? They're not going to be on board with that. So you sort of have to determine, is this a legitimate thing that they have with the partner or is it just 
a thing where they've got a story around it or they had a different thing in mind for you. I always say the world's most famous uh, episode of Family or Fiance is Harry and Meghan. <laughs> it's like, and what you have to do is choose the partner. And that's what Harry did. He chose the partner because people are, oh, in order to have a secure relationship, you've got to have the partner first. The couple has to be this like sacred um, bubble that other things cannot get in there and shift it. So if, if I don't know how it resolved in your situation, but I don't know, did you just not get along for a long period of time or was he legitimately doing things that were not okay? You know what I'm saying? I just feel like he wasn't doing things that are not okay. And then, you know, obviously it trickles down into the family and it's like, how do you even resolve or get over those feelings? Is it like a sit down conversation where you're all very honest? Is it, you know, getting someone involved like you, a therapist, like how does that work? And I have a big family. So it's not like two or three people. It's like my mother's one of eight. There's a gang of us. So yeah. like, do we all sit down? Like, is that too much? How do you even do no, that? It actually works. I think though that it's all usually about perspective shifts. Like I'm going to say if, if this is your sister say, and that's her husband say, or your cousin or whatever. It's like, if there's a reason that she's able to stay with them because she saw something in him or they worked it out, then it feels like you could forgive too. If she's been able to forgive, you can forgive too. Because we, on the outside, we're never going to know more about what the assignment is inside that couple. That's the thing. People's relationships, I see them as spiritual assignments. The assignment runs as long as it runs. And people can, like we have situations on the show, for example, we had a domestic violence situation. I'm never going to tell you what to do unless there's abuse happening. And abuse is unacceptable. So you have to end an abusive relationship. Um, It's possible that people could get a healing and come back at a higher level of interaction. That's possible, but it's not a snap of the fingers and it's not like 30 days. It's like, how do you know if somebody changed? Because you don't recognize them walking down the street. Like their whole face has changed. Their whole body has changed. When people change, everything changes. But you can never get another person to change. You can only ex- say your experience and how you feel about it, and maybe they have a shift. Mm. So I, I always say this when it comes to love. Like I felt like when God like created like what love was, He had no clue social media was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he had no clue. So I wanted to ask, like, what do you think? Like some of the effects of like social media, just as far as like want and need versus actual expectations and how that is like messing up relationships. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's almost like, I think Michelle Obama said this about the presidency. It doesn't change who you are. It magnifies who you are. Mm -hmm. And I would say the same thing about social media. So if you have like a wound that makes you have a need and if there's like a, you know, an Instagram shaped hole inside your soul, um, you might go out there looking for something that you're never going to find out there because it's the Cheetos of, you know, of love, if you will, and attention. But so I would say if social media is a big problem in your relationship, it's because of something going on in that individual. And what is the need that is getting met there? What is the Tracy? Tell them Tracy. (laughs) And so if it's like, if that's a need that you need to get met, is there a better way to get that need met that doesn't hurt your relationship and if so and if so are you willing to do that 
some people aren't willing to change. They're just not ready. They don't want it yet. And you just have to go, if they're not getting it on my shift, it's because they're not my person. And I have to trust that, okay, that ball is out and I'm not going to run after it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just have to let it go because when it's for you, it, it's not, you can't miss the bus. That's for you. I fully believe that. Mm. I also feel like, I don't know if it's just social media, but man, women expect men to have it all. You got to have, you got to make six figures. You got to be <laughs> six feet tall. You got to be uh, faithful, definitely. And then, you know, you got to wear all of the flies clothes. You got to pay all of the bills. And then on top of that, you got to have a big penis. So it's like, what do these <laughs> women want? Like, what's like, we can't have everything. Can't be a God fearing gangster. Right. Well, what I would say to that is if you're dealing with a woman who's still in a fantasy idea of a relationship, because that's what you're describing, somebody who's like in a fantasy, not in reality, um, then you're going to be better off letting her go because the fantasies are so corrosive to a relationship. If somebody has an idea of what you're supposed to be or what a relationship is supposed to be, instead of working the other direction, which is let me love this human being, this flawed human being, right where they are. That is mature, emotional loving. Is, okay, hi, human. I'm a human. You're a human. We're flawed. And I also feel like the miracle of, like, kind of true love is that for whatever reason, this person's bullshit doesn't bother you. That's all. And it's like, it's the same bullshit their last person had, but for some reason, it doesn't bother you. And you're like... I don't know why, I just love him anyway. That to me is kind of what you're looking for. Not like I'm forcing myself here, you know? Cause when people can't accept an actual person with their flaws, oh, there's like a low key violence to being in a relationship like that. Mm. Tracy, I know you have to go, but can I hang on to you for just a little bit? Cause I want to get to your books. Oh yeah. Okay, so you're a best-selling author, three books. Um, the, the, I think the biggest book is why you're not married yet. Mm -hmm. It's actually based off an article, why you're not married on the Huffington post, which yep. I came uh, across and read. So mm -hmm. for the people who have not, which I, I encourage you to get the book and read the article. Here's the synopsis. You're not married because you're a bitch. You're shallow. You're a slut. You're a liar. You're selfish. <laughs> Or you don't think you're good enough for your partner. So I translate that into self-esteem. How yeah. did you come up with that list? And um, <laughs> what kind of reaction oh. did you get from this? Oh, my gosh. I got a reaction. If I wrote that today, I'd be canceled. You know what I'm saying? But I got a reaction. I came up with that list because aside from slut, because I'm too chicken to be a slut, because <laughs> I was a foster child, so I have a lot of issues around abandonment. But I lived it. I realized like I was not in the relationship to give. I was in the relationship to get something. And I was also very defensive. So I would be like, the second I saw something that scared me, then I'd be like, either I'm out of here or I'm clinging. So I just think like, what people don't understand is that relationships are a spiritual practice. It's like yoga. You just you start where you are and you work at getting better at it. Your job is to love the other person, to take care of them and to meet their needs. And when you're doing that in a relationship where the other person also thinks that's their job, 
there is a beauty to that. And the whole tone of the relationship is kind of like a chill, loving, secure vibe. And everyone around you will feel it and you will feel it. And that's what you're going for. Um, and the bottom line there is that if your relationships one after the other are not working out, the common denominator is you. And I had to get this for myself. It's me. So I have to start working on me. And that's in a loving way. I'm not trying to be mean. I was just being sassy. Right. Last question. Kevin Samuels. What do you think about him? Kevin Samuels. I want to go. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Okay. Good then. Good. Wait, who was Kevin Samuels? So he's this like, I guess, relationship guy that yeah. just started say, saying things on social media. And oh, you know, I think I know who he is. And he yeah. talks about high valued men and how I don't, like, women- I don't like the value discussion. That's a man thing. Yeah. Men relationship experts talk about value because men are concrete. You know, you talk about like men, it's like things are through their senses, right? First line. The, now, not all men, there's evolved men that see past their senses, but most men are like, a woman is an asset, you know? A relationship is an asset. That's how they see it. It's either value to them or not value. And I'm, I'm not down with that. I'm into what's your loving practice? How are you lighting up your corner of the world? How are you gonna make this relationship part of a bigger service to the universe? It's not just about like me feeling good or somebody's giving me flowers. It's like, we're gonna create a relationship so that we feel secure and can go out into the world and do good things in the world. That's the purpose of a secure relationship, not to like look at each other and you know feel validated. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. Tracy McMillan owns Family or Fiance Returns this Saturday. Thank you for psychoanalyzing us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This was a good conversation. My best one today. <laughs> you know what? This is what we do here, Tracy. I'm just I saying. I love it. I love it. Anytime. Thank you so much. You have thank a great you. day. Thank you, too. Bye. Child, we got some work to do. Got, you and I got some work to do. I know. I, I already knew that already, but yeah, I, I didn't need to hear that again. Tracy, she she, she didn't beat us down though. So she cool. didn't just say you though. She also said, "Is the person the per you know the person willing to give to you in the state that you're currently in? If they're not, then you need to kick them to the curb." Is how I translated what she said. Like you both have to be at that same level. And like at the same place. Right. It, it, it seems like it's a thing that we naturally should know. But I think, and that's why I asked the social media question. I really think that we can get distracted by things like that and not focus on the things that we need to be focused on. Like everybody tends to, we know what love is. We know we need a genuine person, what kind of person that we would need. But then it comes in, you know, the other facts as well. How much money does this person make? Uh, what kind of car does the person drive? What kind of clothes does all of the other things that fill out instead of just focusing on, hey, is this a good person or not? I mean, I get that, but it's it's complicated because, you know, they say money is a big reason why people break up. So it's like, you know, obviously cars and clothes, those things are, I guess, um, how you measure someone's financial, you know, place in the world. So it's like, 
you know, there, there's a lot of things going on. First, you got to make sure this the relationship is secure, right? So she talked to us about that. But then once the relationship is secure, there's all these other things that play into the relationship that can make it insecure. Like maybe you're insecure about this person's financials or how they handle money or do they have debt? You know, like it's so complicated to be in a relationship and all those things are super important. So some people don't know how to really like balance it you know and like just determine what's most important in my relationship and and start with like the one-on-one connection and then you know how do you deal with these other factors so I think people get stuck in the other factors sometimes like you focus on the other factors first instead of trying to build that relationship between you and the person and then when these problems come in then you deal with them together as a couple um, but I, you know, it, it's hard to even balance that and, and develop all of that, you know? Good, uh, good quick talk. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Are you okay? I feel like you're sad again. No, no, no. I'm just taking everything all in. That's all. I'm trying to replay everything in my head, but nah, I'm all right. I'm not sad. Right. So, um, thank you to Tracy for joining us and, uh, letting us know that we need to get our lives together. So I think the biggest thing that I learned was if you're in a place in your life where you're trying to like give somebody love or trying to be like, you know, trying to be like secure and that person's not giving you that instead of like sticking around and waiting for it, just understanding that like, okay, this person's not at the same place where I am. I need to cut my losses, you know? Yeah, being mature enough to do that. I think she spoke on just emotionally being mature about a lot of things, whether it's decision-making like that, uh, that'll better the things around you. I know I'm a believer in the fact that, you know, forget all of the material things. I feel like you'll get that when you have your happiness. So just, you know, be happy within yourself, but that love or bond that you'll have with that person, it'll bring the best out of you. So, you know, you're looking at all the material things, what this person doesn't have right now or what they do have right now, but that can all be squandered away. We see it every day if, you know, the love isn't there. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I tend to look at things. Yeah, that that's a good way to look at it. Develop that and then worry about the other stuff and hope that the other stuff doesn't, <laughs> doesn't get in the way of your love. <laughs> um, Thank you to Tracy for joining us. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the audio pl- uh, podcast platforms, uh, we will talk to you soon. We have another uh, guest on the way as well, pretty uh, shortly. So yeah, thank you for watching. It's the 187th episode of the Mina's House podcast. I'm Mina, say what? Ain't a bucker. Thanks, Stucky. Garnett <laughs> Briscoe. We here. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs>